Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And today, we're looking at a little bit of depth on the New York Giants football team. We're looking at third-round guard Josh Azudu and edge Jihad Ward, brought over from the Jaguars and the Ravens before that. But we're going to start with Josh Azudu. Third-round pick out of uh, UNC, 67th overall pick. Like, this is a pick that really does matter. Like, he has to pan out into something. Six foot four, 308 pounds, 34-inch arms. At uh, UNC, started at left tackle, right tackle, left guard, and he would switch spots in game. Justin, Azudu has a lot of things to work on, but the reason he was drafted is because he has an athleticism that you can't teach for the offensive line spot, and he's got a natural ability to to recover when he does uh, make some mistakes. Bobby, when the draft was over, I think I would have told you that Wandell Robinson was the most riskiest draft pick. I have now kind of changed my thinking and I've changed my mind into now saying that Josh Azudu was the most riskiest draft choice when you consider that he is a higher draft pick, right? You know, uh, before before the third round, third, second round, first round. Um, and the position, interior offensive line, a position, a very much a position of need for the Giants. So I am ending this, this draft process saying that Josh Azudu is the riskiest draft pick. What makes him risky to you? Number one, the Bills did not have a good track record of developing offensive linemen or picking good offensive linemen. You know, they have maybe an average middle of the middle of the road offensive line. And then second of all, Josh Azudu is a very raw prospect. He is not very technically sound. He is athletic, and you're going to talk all about it. But we are relying on Bobby Johnson, who does not have the best of track records of forming up these offensive linemen to hone in on the technique of Josh Azudu. That's why I think it's risky. Yeah, and he's a guy who needs to be on the bench to start the season. Like, there's some issues that he's, he needs to work through, which we'll go through. Uh, it showed up in the one preseason game we've watched up to this point. There is things he needs to work on, and they're going to show up more in the NFL until he fixes those, and, and namely, namely in the hands in the beginning of, of a snap. But let's talk about why he was drafted is again that athleticism his foot speed is very very quick so whether it's mirroring in the pass rush uh pass blocking game in the run game he's a very flexible athlete um who can you know get outside and move with the wide zone you can pull him you can do a lot of different things with him he's not lacking in strength but i do think his core strength is just average you know and I think his overall balance is average. So again, but again, at the end of the day, pass blocking wise, quick, rapid feet with great mirror lateral ability for the guard spot. But Justin, what it comes down to in the pass game and in the run game, his hands come in low, um, and, and, and pass pro and his punch is placed and not violent. Like he needs to get, you know, that hand, those hands a little higher, first of all. And then second of all, it needs to come with some violence. It needs to come with some violence because we've seen with Josh Azudu at UNC and the limited action, uh, in the NFL so far is that the hands come low and they come late. And it allows guys to get into his chest and you allow really good defensive tackles to get into your chest and they've won the rep no matter how good, how quick your feet are at that, how good your footwork is after that, you know. And again, f- footwork is the most important thing for an offensive lineman. But if you let a guy get in your chest plate and control you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the thing that I like about him, though, he's, like you said, he's athletic, um, but active feet. I think just having those active feet and him being an active player – um, that is my favorite thing about Josh Azudu as a player overall, even though he does have a lot of stuff that he needs to work on. Yeah, and and that's again, that's the most important thing for an offensive lineman is how your it really comes down to your foot speed. That's the that is 
that is like the prerequisite for being a really good offensive lineman is your foot speed. Um, now with the punches though, he does have long, like long 34 inches arms. So if he does, uh, you know, if he does get his hands in there right and on time, he is able to extend and keep guys out of his chest. So like when you, when you do see his hands work well, it's like, okay, like he, he's won the rep. Like the rep is, is totally shut down no matter who he was facing, whether it was against, you know, Jermaine Johnson out of FSU or whoever. Um, but if he, if he loses the chest plate, which he does a lot, uh, he can be pushed back before re-anchoring. Like he, he has a, again, and I talk about that with his just core strength being average. You know, there's times where he's going to be pushed back in the pocket. You know, he's going to, tra- he's going to work the re-anchor, but he's going to get pushed back two, three, four yards. And that can be a real issue. So how do you go about, uh, fixing, fixing the hands? Like what, what are you, if you're Bobby Johnson, what are you telling Josh Azuda to do during camp while he's getting these mental reps on the bench? You know, what are you telling him to do? Look out for I mean, I don't think it's really that difficult it's just about practice and getting you getting muscle memory doing it i mean it's just hey bring your bring your hands from up here by uh you know by your nipples instead of down by your stomach and and be aggressive with it you know uh i'd rather you over punch than you know let guys get into your chest consistently you know we don't want you to over punch but we we want to punch and we again we want it coming from higher into the breastplate of of the defensive lineman, not up into the gut of the defensive lineman, because then they they then they are then they ha- then they get to take control of your breastplate. So it's it's really, it's it's it sounds simple when you talk about it, when you actually have to do it and repeat it and do it against you know live speed, you know these freak athletes on the defensive line. It's a totally different thing, you know. So that's always a, you know, when we talk about what guys need to fix coming out of the draft, it's never as easy as we make it sound, um, but. Uh, he seems to be a hard worker, like as, as a well-liked guy, you know, obviously overcoming the lisp uh, thing he had. Yeah. Uh, not the lisp thing he had, the lisp he had um, and still has a little bit. But again, like it, it was a major issue for him. So it's just in the past pro doing that. And obviously just, hey, getting more consistent with your feet, like the fit speed is there. Good mirror lateral ability. We saw in the preseason game where it was like he lost the beginning of the rep, but the foot speed made it not a horrible rep. So, yeah. Um, that's the things in the run game or in the pass game. Well, before we get to the pass game, um, I think him and Shane the Mule are different. Before we get to the run game, excuse me, I think him and Shane the Mule are different players. You mentioned how Lemieux, uh, you mentioned how Azuda's arms are long. Lemieux's Lemieux does not have those long arms. But where would you kind of compare where Josh Azudu is at right now in terms of his rookie year in pass pro versus where Shane the Mule was? Uh, in his rookie year as a pass pro, one is a third rounder. Shane Lemieux was a fifth rounder. Well, again, one the the long arms uh, that makes a difference. But I, we've said foot speed twenty five times on this podcast. But it comes down to that where there was times where compa- with the short arms, Lemieux was able to get swam, worked outside in. Whereas Zudu's not going to get worked like that. There'll be some bad, or ugly reps, but he's not going to get worked like that where he's just like you know these are just two god awful reps or or whatever every game that which is what we saw from Shane Lemieux as a rookie um but again I do think he can learn from the way Shane Lemieux punches um and and uses his hands and and that comes in the run game too uh in the run game uh fires out of his stance quickly but he's way too head heavy uh especially in the gap runs like he he will come out like he'll come out firing which is nice but his head will be down his his pads are over his knees and that's going to lead to nfl d lineman dumping you and the hand the hands don't come with it you know a lot of it comes down to the hands with him um i do think he sustains blocks and uses angles uh rather than driving through them 
again, like he comes off the ball hard, but he's got to be able to, you know, roll the hips and drive through the block. As far as pulling, very smart puller with speed and working angles. Uh, when you put him in the wide zone, uh, that's where you see him at his best in the run game because he is able to flip those hips very quickly. Um, and then with the, just the, the prerequisite of athleticism that he has. And then when he does get his hand, his hands on guys with that arm extension, it leads to nice ability to torque D lineman. Yeah, I have tight and patient puller along with the note that UNC, they did like weird pulls. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, they did a gap lead pulls where they would, he'd be the left guard. And so he's in the left a gap. He would pull through the right a gap. Yeah, very weird. Um, you know, pin, you know, pin down some stuff like that. And that but you have to be tight. That. Yeah, you have to keep those pulls tight. If you're going to be pulling and lead, being a lead blocker of the A gap, they have to be tight. And that's what you, uh, you know, that's what you want to see. I feel like on the pro level, you don't want to waste too much space, especially as a lineman. You want to get to your spot, you know, because you're a slow guy. Running backs are fast, right? Um, what did I want to ask you? Anything, any other notes? Oh, your banish, your your banner falling. Any other notes that you have on the running game? Because I have a, I just have a general Josh Azudu question I want to ask you. No, go for it. How do you feel about him, man? Like, you know, we, we've seen him a little bit in camp. You see him in the preseason. Obviously, you've had a summer to think about it, mull it over. There were some, I think there was Dylan Parham in the draft that was available, and the Giants yeah, took Josh I would Azudu. My, I would much rather have Dylan Parham. I'm a big uh, Dylan Parham guy. Obviously, I don't get too crazy into like the I wanted this guy type of thing or else, you know, I'd be losing my mind that Alec Pierce is having a great camp in Indy. But yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted Parham. But again, Azudu has like what NFL teams are looking for in their guards now is that is look they're looking for that athleticism to work on. Um, and guards sometimes do take a little more time to develop. But you like you look at the like you look at the better guards in the NFL and they all fit that. You know that shuttle time that you that Zion Johnson had, and, and it's more about athleticism in the past blocking game than it is about you know bruisers in the run game. Like that's kind of the way the NFL's trending with the interior offensive line spot. All right, so Zudu's you you said it at the top. He's he's got to be a guy. Um, he's got to be a dude, and even if it takes him a little time, I'm willing to have that patience. Yeah, you should have patience with Zudu. I think, and I hope. For Azudu's kind of trajectory for his career, I am ho- I'm hoping he is not put in this Shane Lemieux situation where he does have to play kind of from day one. I I think that would be that would put him in a really bad spot to start if he were forced to just go out there and play. Yeah, I've said this line a lot with him. It's uh, it's a lot different. Uh, practice is a lot different when you're preparing for your week two opponent compared to when you're just trying to make yourself a better player. And I think Azuda would benefit from that. So why don't you uh, talk about Bear Burger and then we'll go on the Jihad Ward. All right, let's talk about Bear Burger. They got something for everyone. Yes, even you. They have something for Josh Azudu. They have something for Jihad Ward. And guess what? We're going to talk about how Jihad Ward is maybe a little bit slow. He's a little bit sluggish. Well, after you go to Bear Burger, you're going to be slow and sluggish walking out of there because you are going to be stuffed and you're going to be full in the best of ways. They're a burger joint, but they're not the type to be bogged down by the labels. Their menu is filled with option- options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're 100% vegan or you think ketchup is a vegetable, they won't judge at Bear Burger. There's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to. Food that is made to taste Great. Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar, they have the best happy hour in New York City, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., Monday to Friday. That is a ton of hours 
to be happy in New York City, the city that never sleeps. Ton of locations in New York City, by the way. Uh, they have a lunch special as well. Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday, $14.95, all served with fries. So what I want you to do, click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, Burger Joint and Luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Thanks for sponsoring these PPPs. That was a great ad read. Thank you. You weren't there let's, for a single second of it. Let's talk about Jihad Ward, though. No, it was a great ad read, but I, again, I'm just so excited to talk about Jihad Ward. All right, Jihad Ward, six foot five, two hundred eighty-seven pounds, twenty-eight years old, was brought in on a one-year, one point one million dollar deal, so the vet minimum. Justin, he has experience with the Wink Martindale in Baltimore, but he's been a below-average player for his entire career. Now, I hate saying this, but he does seem to be a leader in the locker room at some point. Um, and I think he can be decent as an interior guy in pass rush reps. But with all that said, I still don't think Ward should be getting major playing time for the Giants. I don't think he should be the third guy in the rotation after Kayvon and Aziz. And we'll go into all the stuff. Um, but just, you, you, I don't care if, you, if you're a leader and you know Wink Martindale. Okay. At the end of the day, production is what matters. Yeah, Bobby, we're in the dog days of our PPP summer. Uh, we are finally reaching a player where I barely have any notes on him. But at the same time, I kind of feel like I should have some notes on him because Jihad Ward is going to play. Jihad Ward is going to get more snaps this year than we than what we want. And I think that's just flat out the reality of the situation when Aziz Ojolari was out with his hamstring injury in camp, Jihad Ward was was getting those first team reps across Kayvon Thibodeau, and it wasn't Quincy Roche, O'Shane, or Ellerson Smith. It was Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward has been this a gap pass rusher. We've seen that we see him be somewhat productive in it. You know, when his past years with uh, you know, Wink Martindale, you know, he's he's bigger, he's 287 pounds, like you said. So I think that's where he kind of brings value, along with being a good leader, I guess. But besides that, I don't have that many notes on him. But again, he is going to be getting reps, plays, playing time this year. Well, let's look at his stats. Last year at the Jags, he played 40% of the snaps. Um, 32 tackles, 2 sacks, 3 tackles for a loss and 12 pressures. Not good numbers. The year before with the Ravens in 10 games, he had 40% of the snaps. Uh, 16 tackles, 3 sacks, 4 tackles for a loss, 11 pressures. Um, so for 10 games, the stat, the box score stats aren't, aren't horrible. And then the year before, he played 55% with the Ravens, seven tackles, played 55% of the snaps in 11 games with the Ravens, seven tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss and five pressures. Justin, if, if he's going to be a part of this rotation, like I, I think 25% of the reps should be where he's at because he's I mean he had his best reps working laterally over the guard in third down spots as the third edge on the field at the time so that listen I'm, I'm fine with him playing that role when it's third and seven you pitch Jihad Ward at three tech over the guard but just getting regular edge reps I just don't see it yeah 300 snaps that's my official that's my official 300 to 350 snaps which you know you compare that to Leonard Williams on a year in year out basis he gets like 850 set snaps and that's good for about 80% of the defensive snaps I think Jihad Ward is going to be around there 
and he's not going to do much statistically. I really, <laughs> he's just not going to do much for for you. Well, and he's not just a oh well the you know the film tells the story on him the stats don't like watch him play like I think he's got bad get off in the line of scrimmage, um, and then on top of that he doesn't have have the power to bowl. Uh, to bull rush tackles or the speed around the to get around the corner with that bad off like I think his hand usage isn't great but like I guess his, his best thing is he does have good footwork to get lateral or spin at times um, and then you're like okay well how's he versus the run like I, I think he's not a force in the run but he, he can set a decent edge and keep contained but again I, I think guys like Quincy Roche can make a difference in a game I don't don't see how much of a difference Shahad Ward's making except for in that third down line him up over the guard role like I uh, I really just don't see it anywhere else in his game and I've watched him you know with the Ravens I watched him with the Jaguars and you just don't see enough there to I don't think being you know getting reps over Roche or even I guess you could put him over Ellison or who or O'Shane yeah but uh it's just he's he's just not going to be a guy who you leave a game from saying oh he played well. Yeah, and he signed the vet minimum for a reason, and this is the reason that he signed right. it for. So uh, if you want, yeah, the contract is fine. It's just I worry that he's going to be the third edge on yeah. the team. I don't think that he should be the third edge. I on think the team. he will. I think he will be. And uh, if you want any consolation. Uh, his pressures since 2018, uh, 2018, he had five, 2019, he had six big jump up in 2020 to 11 and then 2021 with Jacksonville 12. So, um, we're trending upward every single year since 2018, Jihad Ward has trended upwards in terms of his pressures year in and year out. So if this year can be a 13 pressure year from Jihad Ward, it'll be a career best year for him. <laughs> I'm looking something up real quick. Look, look something up. So he had, what, 12 pressures last year? He had 12, and this is according to the Pro Football Reference. Oh, my God. Internet worked for me. Oh, boy, Internet. Uh, seven QB hits. He had eight QB hits in 2020 with Baltimore. His best a year, sack-wise and QB hit-wise, came with Baltimore in 2020. Three okay, sacks, well, non, QB hits. N- you know, the the pass rusher who doesn't get uh, – the guy who – the defensive tackle was supposed to not be a pressure, uh, pass rusher – 17 pressures, 16 pressures, 15 pressures um, in his career. I guess he's playing more snaps, but again, you know, Dexter Lawrence has 11 QB hits, 10 QB hits. Not, you know, you got nine QB hits as a rookie playing, uh, you know, 60% of the snaps. So, I, I, again, it is more than Jihad Ward's playing. But, again, you're playing that edge spot. And he was playing in an edge spot with Wink Martindale, who allowed you to get after, you know, allowed you to get after the quarterback. You know, I watched him, you know, I, I watched him with both the Ravens and the Jaguars, and he just was never – the only time where I'm like, okay, this isn't isn't bad is when he was lined up in the A-gap at times, like versus the Chiefs with the Ravens. Or last year with the Jags, like I watched him versus the Colts, and they lined him up over the guards. Like he got to move on Golinski and move on Quentin Nelson. So, all right, that's a PPP. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, Jahad Ward's fun. He dances. He has a personality. He was uh, he was on the ground with his head on the ground doing like what a, a it's hands- called standing on your head. Standing on your head on the ground during camp, and I took a picture of him, and I thought it was funny. And I think he practices with a hoodie. So there you go. That's Jahad Ward, leader of the edge rushers. And you doubted during the spring that Jahad Ward said, oh, why, why would why would he do it? And I said, oh, yes, he can. And you doubted me. I, I doubt that he's good. 
That's all I ever doubted. Leader I doubted of the edge rushers. Ever be worth playing time. But anyways, that's the player profile and projection. And we will see you guys tomorrow with a regular episode. We appreciate you guys. See you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.